0: Welcome to Millennial Murmurs, a podcast addressing millennial career questions, queries, and curiosities to help them navigate the jungle of the modern working world.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast on the topic of sales and networking in your career. I'm your host, Nathan Peer, and today my guest is Matt Telford. Matt was previously a litigator in big law before moving to a boutique firm and subsequently joining MLA as a recruiter this year. Just to note, all views are his own. Matt, welcome. Well, thank you for having me, Nathan. No worries. How's your day going? How's everything? It's, it's going well. Thanks. Um, how about you? Yeah, good. Just uh, cracking on and, uh, you know, we're in COVID times and and all all getting around everything, so um, yeah. I appreciate and, you you joining me today. And um, uh, look, oh, I us start and just hear you know a bit about your background, a bit about your career, and and uh, and ease in that way. Tell tell us a bit about yourself.
0: Sure, absolutely. So, well, I was born and raised in North Carolina, and I studied political science in undergraduate, which I think is a common route for people that enter law school. Um, I, I found myself fascinated with politics and um, jurisprudence and law generally so um, after undergrad i went immediately uh, straight through to penn law school Mm -hmm. and then following law school i began my career for four years at latham in their dc office i was doing securities and antitrust litigation um, focusing mainly on global cartel work in the antitrust space and multi-district securities litigation So I was with Latham for about four years and I found myself traveling a lot to the West Coast for clients. Um, And because of that, I had a real interest in transitioning out and living and working in California. And so I lateraled over to Simpson Thatcher in their Palo Alto office. And I did, again, securities litigation, um, mostly multi-district type litigation and soon after that, I transitioned over to boutique law. And so I was a boutique litigator in the Bay Area for about another four and a half to five years, um, practicing in both state and federal courts. So after about four and a half years of boutique law, um, I find myself really wanting to utilize my soft skills more. And also, I was rather homesick for the East Coast. So in the last year, I joined MLA as a uh, legal recruiter, and I'm so happy I did. I'm so glad to be here. It's going wonderfully. I've enjoyed working with you, Nathan, and all of our colleagues. And so, yeah, now I'm resident here in our New York office, helping candidates and helping our clients find the best talent. And uh, that's my background.
1: Great. No, that's, that's great. And I'm pleased to have you on today, because I think one of the things that I find, and I'm sure you are more and more, and I'm curious about your experiences, is, you know, as a junior lawyer, I think, I mean, A, this must have been so much kind of going through your mind. You finally got there after law school. But, you know, thinking about BD, thinking about sales, Mm -hmm. sales is, you know, such a kind of dirty word. And I guess my kind of first question is, you know, did you ever actively think about business development, about sales, you know, early on as a junior lawyer in your career? How was that experience for you?
0: You know, I... I don't think that I thought enough about it. I think that, like you said, there's so much work involved in just getting through law school and passing the bar and getting to that elite law firm that sometimes you know, you're, you're really bogged down in the weeds. And I think, for me, um, I did a lot of formal networking at work and even informal networking out of the office with colleagues, clients. Friends, But I don't think I realized uh, early in my career the value of networking um, and how my networking, either in a formal or informal manner, um, could lead to business development, you know, client or matter origination. It could lead to job opportunities for me. uh, It could lead to all sorts of relationships down the line. I don't think that I really appreciated that early on because I think I was so bogged down in making sure I was a good litigator. Uh, but not realizing how mm, that is really dependent upon eventual business development and client contact.
1: Excellent. So, I mean, I guess with that, it sounds like you did reflect on all of that. Um, Do you think there was a really, you know, can you remember a really defining moment in your career when you thought, well, I guess when you realized you had this network, but also thought that I need to do this as part of my work, like whatever my career journey is going to be, I need to think about my network and how I'm going to capitalize on that.
0: Yeah, I I think, I don't know if there was particularly an aha moment, but I do think that I became more aware of it as I became a mid-level associate, probably my third or fourth year of practice. Um, I felt like my peers and I were becoming more focused on business development because we knew that that was going to be a necessary uh, means to partnership and I also think that my client context became greater as I had been practicing and became a mid-level associate. I was on the phone with clients almost every day, if not every day, um, meeting them quite frequently. And uh, probably by my fifth year uh, or sixth year was actually trying to bring clients in the door um, for either pitch meetings, et cetera. So um, I think that that's really where I started to focus on my networking and understanding the value of networking and sales. Uh Uh, Clearly, I was focused on it as a means for partnership um, when I was continuing to practice and thought that I may become a partner in in a law firm. But that's really where I became aware of it was probably as a mid-level
1: associate. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, as you were going through your career, I'm curious, were you actively engaged in that partnership process were firms being clear with you or was it more just you know it's part and parcel of the associate ranks you're going through um I guess again did you have a kind of aha moment of yes I I'm going for partnership I'm owning this process now or do we feel it's still very kind of an institutional part of you know your your kind of trajectory in in big law and it's still you didn't really you know, do you know what you were kind of aiming for? It, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Well, you
0: know, I think that I always knew that if I was going to stay pract- as a practicing attorney, that that I wanted to be a partner and that partnership was the ultimate goal. And so I think for me, um, there was an understanding that that was going to be part and parcel to becoming a partner uh, by the time I became a mid-level. That said, um, I probably got... More insight from my colleagues, uh, you know, my senior associates above me, counsel, those types of people, as far as, um, you know, how to create those business contacts and the importance of business development, Uh, I probably got more insight from those individuals rather than a firm or the firms in the market telling me, you know, you need to do business development this much per year. Right, you need to bring in this many clients. That that that's not what was conveyed to me. It's more of learning from my colleagues, uh, from my peers that were slightly more senior, and kind of emulating them and, and seeing they were bringing in they were bringing in clients, seeing how they were respected by the partnership, how some of them were getting larger bonuses, getting more responsibility. I think that that is what made me realize that okay, this is going to be part and parcel to becoming a partner.
1: Okay. Fantastic. No, that's that's really interesting. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely, I think it just shows the importance of mentorship across all levels as well, like having those formal mentorship programs and more informal programs that you kind of learn and see from people. And so I guess, how did you then, you know, you're kind of at this point, you're like, I'm committed to this. this, is kind of what I'm going to focus on. Um how did you start to build your contact network? I guess kind of realize it, cause you'd already said, obviously you you met all these informal things. So what sort of things did you do to, to kind of build and grow that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think, and I think this is true for any younger lawyer these days, I think social media was critical to that. So anytime, particularly LinkedIn. So I realized early on, you know, by the third year that any time I was meeting with an expert or a client, uh, or even, um, you know, in a joint defense agreement with other lawyers, I needed to reach out to those people and, and, and make them a contact on LinkedIn um, and and use social media uh, to my advantage. So I think that's definitely one component of it. And I think that's really critical. I mean, I think something like 90 percent of attorneys these days uh, use social media. So mm-hmm. I think that is critical to your networking. Um, I think also, really, just more community involvement, uh, which I realize can be a little bit more challenging during our COVID era. But mm-hmm. I, I became more involved in community organizations like the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights, um, the National LGBT Bar, um, and local bar affinity groups. And I tried to seek out uh, leadership roles in organizations. Okay. And I think that. You know, community involvement is another way to build your network. Um, Going to alumni events, um, going to, you know, happy hours, but also trying to seek out leadership positions because that will give you a lot of expertise and it will open doors for you in meeting a lot of people.
1: So, nice. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, what would you tell your younger self at the start of your career, like if you did anything different,
0: um, you
1: know, what would you, what would you tell yourself? What would your advice be? I think I would tell,
0: you know, the younger me, the the wide-eyed, fresh out of law school, new lawyer. I think I would tell myself to just take a step back every so often and take a breath and do the small things that I had learned to do when I was younger. Um, Meaning like, you know, take the time to send a holiday card, to check in with my friends and my colleagues and, and clients, and con- like I said before, connecting on LinkedIn. You know, making sure that I wasn't so bogged down in in becoming a good litigator that you failed to invest in people and in your and your and your skill set with other people. I think that's what I would tell myself.
1: That's great. I love that. That's really good. Yeah. And do you have any other networking tips overall for for other lawyers or other professionals who are just trying to figure out what to do?
0: Yeah, I would say, you know, being a lawyer is difficult. It's challenging. There's a lot of long hours and a lot of expectations on you. I I, I mean, having litigated for 10 years, it's a very rewarding, but it's a very time-consuming profession. But I think that in spite of that, You really need to motivate yourself to go to as many community and networking events as you can, Um, alumni events, affinity group events. um, Find an interest or find several things that you're interested in and try to try to expose yourself to those events, because I think that that's a way, you know, it's not it's a way to start um, networking and business development Um, where you otherwise might not feel that it's as attainable. I mean, oftentimes you're not getting the client contacts for four or five, six years, uh, but you can start, you know, going to alumni events now. You can start going to affinity group events now and you're going to meet some fantastic people and it will open doors and opportunities for you. Um, I think also um, it's a tool for, I, I know that There's plenty of lawyers where it's a cerebral profession, we're we're a very intellectual group, but there's plenty of lawyers I know who aren't that comfortable in social settings. But going to those events is sort of what therapists would call exposure therapy. And so if you go to more of those events, you will become more comfortable um, networking and and socializing, and, and that's gonna be beneficial for trying to attract and retain clients and, um, you know, business development. So I think that's another reason to try to go to more events if you're a little bit socially anxious. Um, and also I would say, uh, probably my final tip would, as I said earlier, would be try to find leadership roles. So don't just go to the alumni event, maybe, you know, try to get on the board of your alumni association or the local alumni chapter, um, you know, take that initiative, um, to become involved in a leadership position uh, because I think that people will respect you way more for that. And I also think that it will open you to more people um, just because you're involved in the organization structure and its mission. So you're going to get more involvement with people outside of the organization. It's just kind of like a positive feedback loop for more networking, more training and more opportunities in your future for jobs or clients etc
1: nice okay and i want to move on slightly to the i suppose the kind of sales business development aspect of it as well mm-hmm. um and i guess like how you experienced that shift or how you kind of dealt with that because it it, it must have you know i think with anybody it feels alien like this concept of selling uh, you know it, i think it conjures up these images of very like aggressive like have to have a decision, but I think it, you know, in my mind, it's really relationship building and soundboarding. And I just wondered, if, like, was that your experience? Um, you know, is you're you're trying to kind of get closer to clients? Like, how did you, I suppose, kind of develop those sales skills or business development yeah. skills, whatever you want to label them as?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I can use an example from later on in my career when I was in some of the b- boutique law firms. Um, you know, I actually brought in, you know several clients. And I think that, you know, the way to do so was not so much like you said, uh, it was not a hard sales pitch. Um, Now, granted, I did go on pitches with partners, etc. But the clients I actually brought in were not in that manner. Um, They were actually people that I'd met in the community or that I had worked with tangentially. And I got to know them and I knew that they were in the business, and then I was able to bring them in for the firm. And and I will say that there was a while I wasn't doing hard sales. There was a lot of work involved because, you know, I had a relationship with those clients beyond uh, just talking about the matters that they were worried about and talking about their business. Um, I mean, we were friends and 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 um, colleagues. So I think that there's a lot of work involved. And I think that's something maybe some associates don't appreciate is that, you know, clients don't necessarily just come to you when they need a legal answer. I mean, they're also will come to you as a colleague and a friend for all kinds of advice and all, all kinds of things to discuss and, and, and socialization. So Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the sales for me just came out of people seeing my work and, becoming comfortable with me and recognizing my competency. Um, And that's actually the way I was able to bring clients in the door at my boutique firms, not from um, and and also that seeing me um, in presentations or seminars, uh, Uh which was a a nice informal soft sell. Uh, But no, not not uh, not the client pitches so much. I mean, I did those and they were sometimes successful, but that's not how I brought my clients in. So, yeah.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, I think it's it really goes back in my mind to that whole, you know, people do business with people, and it, that really exactly. is what it's all about: relationships and connections. That can be so, you know, hard exactly. to get. I agree, one hundred percent. Right. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting um, concept, and I think it's it's just making small impacts on people um, every day. It's, it's a, really it's, it's like, and it's that can really take exciting. a little bit
0: of time as well, right? I mean, it takes some investment. Um, it may not happen overnight, but little by little, it will happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's all about that kind of longer term vision and, and interesting how that kind of shapes with your career changes and everything like that. Um, so in terms of, you know, a, another way people use networking is, you know, they'll change jobs or they'll find the opportunity. I know like when we, you know, talk to people um, looking for certain things, sometimes it's best for them to use their own network I'm curious, you know, have you had any opportunities to come your way just by networking that have prompted you to make a move um, and, and kind of look into the market? Like, how has that experience been for you?
0: So, yes, Nathan, I think that my network has certainly assisted me in um, my career. I definitely learned about several roles um, out in the legal market through friends uh, all of whom were actually practicing attorneys and some of whom were at these organizations who had an opening and would be powerful uh, testimonials on my behalf. Um, and actually, I definitely remember one of the positions I took was an unadvertised need that I learned about through a friend who was a lawyer who I had met through um, the local LGBT affinity group in San Francisco. So. You definitely will have your network help you, or I found my network helping me um, land job opportunities and even just learning about job opportunities, which I found was great.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because people know you never know what people know or who they know or what they're looking for, and you can mention to sometimes some you can mention sometimes to people you know, hey, I'm curious about this or what was your experience with that? I always encourage people to ask, you know, people they're networking with about their experiences with, you know, different moves and different different companies, different firms, or whatever it is. Because Absolutely. Often, you know, those people know their friend, that, like you say, who will have something.
0: Um, Absolutely, and I'll give you a perfect example. Um, and I think, like you said, that's why it's so important to get to know these people because the person knew that I was looking for a specific type of role without getting into too much detail. And if I hadn't told them about uh, myself, then how would they have known that, hey, Matt would be great for this? So, right. exactly.
1: That's fantastic. No, that's a lovely story. I love that. Um, okay, so kind of last question from me. I'm curious, <laughs> you know, you've built up this legal career, this gage associate in different coasts, building up business. So what made you think, okay, I'm going to go into recruiting.
0: Well, I think that really, you know, if being a litigator was 100% business development and sales, which is what we've been talking about, I would have never left. Because really the reason I went into recruiting is I love using my soft skills, the uh-huh. type of skills I use in networking and the type of skills that, you know, I use in a business development back it back when I was practicing. Um, but I noticed, you know, as a litigator, uh, those are typically used most often outside of business hours. Like I said, you know, um, associates should always try to go to alumni events and community organization events. So I, I found myself really wanting to utilize those people skills I was using more often outside of the office, in the office. And that's really why I decided to become a, a recruiter, because I love utilizing those soft skills, connecting with people, learning more about them, and helping them in their career goals and um, basically just achieving the success they want in their career
1: fantastic yeah and you're definitely a natural networker so oh, thank I'm, you I'm excited it's I think yeah. that's great that's no it's interesting and I love hearing how career journeys change and and also like how much change can happen in in either like a short or long period of time I think it's Absolutely. it's good for people to hear and understand because I think that Work such a big part of your life, and you know, I think knowing that these options exist, and you, as you grow, you learn more about yourself and what you enjoy. You know, I think that's really good. So, look, so now's the time you can ask me any two questions you like, and uh, and then we can wrap up from there.
0: So, I know you've lived all around the world, right? You've lived in London, Hong Kong, now in New York. Um, yeah, yeah. I was curious. Um, do you notice any differences in networking in the states? Um, you know, anything. You know that's different here uh that associates or or attorneys focus on more or should focus on more you know any differences
1: that's a cool question i like that um yeah. i don't think there is i mean i think the thing i've noticed about moving around is a few things really i think from you know just a general working perspective and i think this is true you know if you move to a different state and even actually probably to a different organization It's almost like a fresh start of your processes. Like you can look at what you've been good at, tweak different things, um, you know, and really refine what you do. And I think that adds a lot of growth. And I think if you apply that to the concept of networking, you know, it it gives you an opportunity to see people in in different angles and different experiences. And actually, adds a new layer of interest, I think when you have these stories about living in different places and This was especially true in Hong Kong, and I guess where it's probably a bit different here. You know, Hong Kong is such a melting pot of people from different places. And they've got, you know, they come from so many different um, areas of the world. And so there's always that kind of background and question and that global network that you have. But again, I think here it's the same sort of concept. You know, people are from lots of different places. People come to New York for a reason. Um, And ultimately, I don't think there really is anything different that should be done or that is done. I think it's about finding common ground with people, finding something you connect on, talk about. And as you were saying, you know, going to things that interest you and that matter to you, um, you know, that brings the common theme. It doesn't mean you're going to get on or know every single person there. But I think just showing up really is something in whatever place you are. Is the first step to to making these kind of big impactful changes and building that network. And so I think it really is just more of an encouragement to kind of put yourself out there. We say, you know, the worst thing that can happen is you get a free drink and you don't talk to (laughs) anybody and you go home. Like, that's okay. Exactly. Um, But you usually see a few people stood in an awkward circle trying to like make conversation and you know you you kind of build it that way so you know go show up do something because that's better than nothing and i think that's advice that can apply wherever you are in the world
0: absolutely i think that's great advice and yeah i think it's really important as you said that you know whether you know you're moving from an organization you know from midtown to the lower east side right um it's this idea so you know it doesn't need to be around the world but it's the idea that every situation is a fresh start, and every experience you've had, and every um, you know school you've attended, um, everywhere you've worked, everything you've done, personally and professionally, is a is an opportunity to network um, and to make a bond with someone. So Absolutely. you know, no, yeah. for sure, that
1: that makes complete sense.
0: Um, sure. And so, I guess another question I have for you, Nathan, is. What would be your biggest piece of advice for an associate, um, you know, a younger associate trying to build a brand for themselves, either for business development or for future job opportunities? What would be your one biggest piece of advice?
1: Oh, I don't know if I can confine it. It's probably going to be a bit multifaceted, but kind of okay. the same thing. <laughs> so I think Look, I think start small and grow from there. I think is the biggest, biggest kind of mindset to have. And when I say start small, you know, connect with every person you meet on LinkedIn, like build mm-hmm. it that way. And then, you know, once you get comfortable doing that and it becomes second nature, what can you do next? Like, you know, who can you send the holiday card to? Right. Um, how can you start being more mindful of the people that you you know, want to get to know better, like either from a personal or a business perspective? think you know think of those wider questions where where do I want to be in five years whether that's geography industry career thing you know how am I going to build on that how am I going to you know root out that direction it's not going to be a straight road but you know what other ideas can I lean on or take from other people see what career things they've done and you know over the years I've I've met people and talked to people understood their jobs you know, I had coffees with people as part of my everyday and just general interest of trying to understand. You know, early on in this career, what direction you want to go in and what you want to achieve and do. Um, and it's it's hard, I guess. I think it is for everyone because you don't really you're growing and you don't always realise those things until later, until you've made mistakes. Um, you know, but I think you're know, back to that advice, bit it is just starting small, do bit by bit, build that brand. Know people, engage more, you know share things, find out information, um, you know do things to help people. and that all kind of grows and compounds and gets bigger. And I think in the longer right. term, that's how you really kind of cement yourself into something exciting. and i I guess the unknown is is part of that exciting journey
0: right. I think that's great advice. And I think that you know particularly for lawyers, for our profession, It's so easy to have to just kind of cloister yourself after, you know, such a long day in the office. And I think it's really important for lawyers to remember that advice because, um, you know, just taking the time to go to the event or to connect on LinkedIn and uh, to provide some insight um, or to send the holiday card, those things, while we all, you know, practicing lawyers have very long hours, um, not cloistering yourself. Uh, is going to be invaluable for your business development and client development, but also um, if you um, are looking to change jobs. So absolutely,
1: brilliant. Yeah. Great. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. It was really oh, thank great you. to have you, and I appreciate your insight. It was it was really interesting, and um, you know. Well, thanks I, for I, having me on not this. Not at all. I wish you you know health in the crazy COVID times, and and you know the best luck as you're you're building your network more and more, and. Uh, and going out there to shine, it's exciting.
0: Yes, you too. Well, thank you, Nathan. I'm so excited to be here in the New York office, and absolutely. I, I look forward to building a bigger brand in New York. Thank you for listening to Millennial Murmurs. Join us next time as we help you take steps to better navigate your legal career.